So do you want to make a difference in the life of someone you love? You want to make the difference in the life of a good friend? Well, there's no better way to do that than to invite them to Alpha Online. Alpha Online is a series of sessions that is set to help you and your friend explore the Christian faith and be able to ask questions as we learn about Jesus. Each session looks at a different question that talks about faith and is designed to help us really reflect deeply on the big questions of life. So if you're interested and you really want to make a difference in the life of someone you care about, invite them to Alpha Online. You can go and you can register at the Say Yes to Holiness website, sayyestoholiness.com. Hope that you decide to join me each and every Monday night from 6.30 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Again, go and sign up at sayyestoholiness.com, and I look forward to seeing you next Monday. Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs. Hello and welcome to episode 114 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. This is Christina Simmons, your host, and we are now into Lent. When I did this podcast, it was right on the cusp of Lent, and now as it's being released, it's Lent. It's Ash Wednesday, um, and it's something where this is one of the, if not the, uh, most holy and blessed and grace-filled seasons that our church celebrates. And I'm not speaking church in the sense of the building or the Catholic church. I'm speaking about church as in the body of Christ, you and me. And one of the biggest reasons why this is such a holy and potentially grace-filled season is because that's how God has made it. He has given us the opportunity to, when we say yes to his invitation to walk with him more closely and to really reflect upon all of what he has done for us, not in the sense of so that we feel uh, guilty or obligation, but rather so that we feel and know his love for us and we are able to respond. Now, of course, our response is rooted in his grace, but his grace is rooted in his love and his mercy for us. So it's this beautiful kind of catch-22 a little bit, and theologians have talked about it for you know generations, thousands of years, about the fact of, can we do anything? Um, or isn't it all God? Or 
the flip side of that is it's all us and, you know, and we can say no to God. And that's true. We can say no. We can resist all of what he desires to bestow upon us. We can say no to the gifts. So my podcast this, this week, as we're beginning our Lenten journey, is for us to reflect upon, will we say yes to the invitation this Lent? Will we say yes to where it is that God desires to take us? Because that's really the question. Many times we'll begin Lent and we'll be like, yeah, I'm going to do this resolution or I'm going to you know, be about this, but it's our plan and not God's. So reflect upon, will you say yes to the invitation that God is presenting to you this Lent? So I'll see you on the flip side. Hey everyone, Christina Simmons from Say Yes to Holiness here with just a quick reminder that if you want the full episode of this podcast, go and check it out on your favorite streaming platform. It could be Spotify, it could be Apple Podcasts, it could be the myriad of, I think there's hundreds of different platforms out there, or at least more than a hundred. And so wherever it is that you're listening to podcasts, go and find the Say Yes to Holiness podcast there. And I look forward to spending time with you there. So our food for the head comes from St. Dominic. He says, a man who governs his passions is master of his world. We must either command them or be enslaved by them. It is better to be a hammer than an anvil. As we're coming up on Lent, it's so important for us to be mindful of that we are called to become masters of our passions, not be mastered by them. I know this is really difficult in our world that's all about easy and all about immediate gratification. And I know that many times we can get frustrated by hearing over and over again, you know, that we need to be governing our passions because it makes it seem like uh, our passions are bad. And that's not the case at all. But we have to be, bear in mind that all of who we are needs to be focused upon becoming fully who we are created to be. And this means that we need to always be attentive to guiding and focusing our efforts to become the saint God created us to be. As the Lenten season begins, that is the great invitation of Lent. The great invitation of Lent is inviting us ever deeper into relationship with God, to come to know Him, love Him, and serve Him more fully. And this is what the great three Lenten resolutions are all about, of prayer and fasting and almsgiving. It's for us to be able to govern our passions. It's so that we are no longer enslaved by them. We're no longer responding, but we're being proactive. It doesn't mean that we have to say no to our passions, but rather not now. So it's about us responding when is appropriate, when it is what will bring us closer to being uh, virtuous. This is how um, when we are governing our passions, 
um, then we no longer are going to be at their mercy. And, you know, the world tells us that if we're strong enough willed, then we can eat or drink or whatever it is that we enjoy and brings us and brings us momentary pleasure. And let's remember that for a minute, momentary pleasure. That if we're strong enough willed that we can indulge and then we can say no at a later time. But the fact is, is that you don't become virtuous so that when the hard times come, and they always come, that we're able to do the good easily and quickly and with joy. And that's what to be a person of virtue is. So if we are not governing our passions, then when the time comes to choose to do the good quickly, easily, and with joy, we're not going to be able to do it. So St. Dominic reminds us of this. He reminds us that there's no in-between. He reminds us that the world, okay, is wrong. Is that if we think that we can temporarily indulge in our passions, give, you know, give free rein to them, and that we think that we'll be able to gather the reins back. For anyone who's a horseback rider out there, I, I grew up riding horses. And if you give free rein to your horse and they're doing whatever they want, and then when it comes time to gain control again, it is a battle. It is a serious battle. And for any of us who are parents out there, you know this to be the case as well. You allow your kids to kind of get off their normal bedtime routine, right? During vacations, whatever, they stay up late, you're doing things, and then you try to get the routine back. How hard is it? Well, this is no different than our passions and governing them as well. So we have to develop virtue and we do it day by day. This is where, again, the beauty of the Lenten season assists us. It helps us because we can make resolutions that we can build into sustainable habits that will continue long beyond Lent. So it's not about what you're giving up, but rather about how are you becoming stronger? How are you firming up that foundation so that you do become that virtuous person? So that when challenges happen, then we're not going to be found to be at the mercy of our passions, but rather in command of them. And this is where we become that hammer. We are able to hammer Whatever the situation is that we're facing, that challenge, that difficulty, we're able to bring the hammer of love, the hammer of joy, the hammer of peace, the hammer that is going to have us be lights and witnesses of God's love and mercy and not be hammered upon. So it's something where to be the hammer is far better than to be the anvil. So use this opportunity of the Lenten season to become more fully that hammer, to become more fully virtuous so that when the storms of life come, and we know that they will, we're able to do the good quickly, easily, and with joy. Our food for the heart comes from St. Paul of the Cross. He says, build an oratory within yourself 
and there have Jesus on the altar of your heart. Speak to him often while you are doing your work. Speak to him of his holy love, of his holy sufferings, and of the sorrows of most holy Mary. Again, during this Lenten season, the church asks us to be particularly attentive to those traditional resolutions associated with the practices of prayer and fasting and almsgiving. Why these? Well, St. Paul, you know, gives us a beautiful way to live out the resolution of prayer, of where we're constantly speaking to God within ourselves, and we have Jesus upon the altar of our heart. We can speak to God about anything as we're going about our work. We can speak to him about how much he loves us, about the many blessings that he has given us. We can speak to him about whatever it is that might be troubling us, that is challenging us. We could speak to him about his sufferings and asking, why, Lord, did you have to come and suffer? And to give insight into that very simply is so that suffering has meaning now. God came and took senseless suffering and he gave it purpose. He gave it meaning. He gives us the opportunity to take these meaning, meaningless, you know, seemingly absolutely random things that happen, good things happen, you know, bad things happen to good people kind of moments. And he gives us the opportunity to bring good out of them. Now, we might not be able to see what the good is. And that's usually when we'll struggle with faith. This is when we'll struggle because we won't be able to see God's big plan. And this is where we got to get used to different. We got to get used to the idea that God works differently. This is part of why we need to be about prayer and fasting and almsgiving so that we can be adopting this different perspective so that we can be adopting God's different way of bringing about goodness. God always brings about good for those who love him. St. Paul tells us this in Romans. But so often we won't believe that. We'll set that aside because it's not happening in the way that we think it should happen. Or we don't see it happening at all. So we have to get used to different. And the only way we can do that again is by spending time with our Lord in prayer, in conversation. And St. Paul of the Cross gives us a beautiful way to be able to do that constantly. So even if you're super busy, even if you seem to be running from thing to thing to thing, you still have moments of where you can be having conversation with God of where you can be asking him for his wisdom, his insight, so that you can prudently respond to the challenges that you have, or so that he is able to give you knowledge that will help you be able to see more clearly how it is that something might be able to come about that wasn't going to come about unless this thing had happened, this what seemingly senseless thing had happened. Why do we fast? We fast so that we don't get too comfortable, so that we don't get comfortable with here, 
We need to become detached from whatever it is that is keeping us in place from whatever it is that's keeping us from moving ever deeper into relationship with our Lord. We need to look at our fasting, not just as things that we fast from in the sense of food, but what is it that we need to fast from that is going to help us open up space for God to come and fill us. John the Baptist says, less of me, more of him. I must decrease, he must increase. Well, you can't fill an already filled cup. This is why we fast. We fast so that our cup, us, our hearts, our minds are not still full. They are being emptied. And into this emptiness, into this emptiness, God is able to step in. This is why we fast. And this is why with prayer and fasting, the grace, the power of the Holy Spirit can come and fill us and then our prayers bear fruit. How often do we fast sacrifice for the prayer that we're offering? How often do we do that double punch? You know, the, uh, the whole purpose of, again, of our fasting along with prayer, that sacrifice with prayer is so that we can be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told his own disciples when they said, Lord, why, why couldn't we get rid of the, the demons that were, that were here? Why couldn't we heal this man? And Jesus says, because it takes prayer and sacrifice. It takes prayer and fasting. This is this interaction. So with prayer and fasting, we create that space where God can come and fill us. And then why almsgiving? Because when we are filled... It's not just for us. We are not being filled with grace and with love and with mercy for ourselves only. All of what we are being given is for the benefit of others. This is why we have the threefold mandate of prayer and fasting and almsgiving. And when we do this, then we have that opportunity to truly build that oratory, that great church of our interior life so that God can come and be within it and Jesus can be laid on the altar of our heart and so that we are able to journey with Jesus all the way through Calvary so that on Easter Sunday we truly can celebrate. Our food for the hands comes from St. Francis of Paola. He says, put aside your hatred and animosity. Take pains to refrain from sharp words. If they escape your lips, do not be ashamed to let your lips produce the remedy, since they have caused the wound. Pardon one another so that later on you will not remember the injury. The recollection of an injury is itself wrong. It adds to our anger, nurtures our sin, and hates what is good. It is a rusty arrow and poison for the soul. It puts all virtue to flight. St. Francis tells us here what happens when we don't let go of our hatred, when we don't let go of our animosity, when we don't refrain, especially from sharp words. Our tongue is a sharp-edged sword. It can harm and it can heal. 
how it works is dependent upon us. So we must remember that if we do cause injury, we also have the remedy and we should not hesitate to apologize. We should not hesitate to immediately seek restitution with the person that we have harmed or persons. We should never try to hold on to our own anger. We should always allow it to be set aside because all that anger is doing is nurturing sin. All it's doing is helping us hate what is good. Now, I'm not talking about, for example, someone who is harming us that we have to, you know, allow that abuse, for example, to continue to happen. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is the fact that when we hold on to anger and hate, it's destroying us. It's not destroying or harming the person whom we have anger or hate towards. More often than not, people aren't even aware that we have anger or hate even in our hearts towards them. So we have to be very, very attentive of how it is that we need to put aside our hatred and animosity. Um, you know, St. Francis, uh, you know, two things came to mind. First one of the fact of refraining from sharp words. Uh, one practice that I share with people often that I mentor and I, I speak about the four S's. And those four S's are, you know, when we're trying to uh, refrain, especially from saying angry things or sharp things. So the first S is stop. So in other words, we stop. We don't say anything. We stop. Then we swallow whatever words it were that we were going to say. Third is silence. We are in silence. <clears throat> and then we suffer. We offer that suffering up on behalf of the person that we are going to speak sharply to. So what are we doing? This cycle is helping us be transformed, but it's also helping us offer sacrifice along with a prayer for the person that just annoyed us. In this way, we aren't just transformed, but also we're interceding and loving the person before us the person who we were going to speak those sharp words to. And it might be justified or completely unjustified. It doesn't matter. Practice those four S's and you will be amazed at the difference that it makes. So many times we forget that when we are speaking injurious words, when we are angry, then it puts virtue to flight. And this is the most important thing for us to remember is that when virtue flees, then no good remains. So we need to try and do all that we can to fast, not just from sharp words, but maybe it's fasting from being right all the time. It might be fasting from having the last word, um, you know, to be able to prove that we're right. There's so many ways that we can fast so that our hearts can be converted and so that we can grow in love of others and we can become more virtuous like Christ. This is that call. Our food for the feet comes from Blessed Charles de Foucault. He said, crosses release us from this world 
and by doing so, bind us to God. All of the Lenten season is designed in order to help us walk with Christ, walk with Him, come to know Him and love Him more deeply so that when we get to the great three days, the great triduum of Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, which leads, of course, into Easter, that we are able to accompany Him and so that when He accepts His cross, we more freely, joyfully accept our own. This is what it is to offer sacrifice. This is what it is to suffer. When we are suffering and offering those sufferings, those sacrifices up out of love for others, we are imitating Christ on the cross. This Lenten season is designed so that we can become better at detaching ourselves from the things that we think are important and instead focus upon the things that bind us more tightly to God. This is how crosses can work. And at the beginning of this podcast, I believe I made mention of the fact that the cross, <clears throat> crosses are, you know, what are the great gift that we have because they now have meaning. God has come and through his suffering, death, and resurrection, he has given meaning to all the suffering, all the senseless things that happen in our world. Good can come about from them. God can work to the good if we get used to different. If we get used to God's plan, if we abandon ourselves to His will, if we trust in Him, and we can only do this by spending time in conversation with Him each day. We can only do this by being filled with His grace so we can live that life of grace. We can only do this by striving to grow in virtue more and more so that we can imitate Him and we can be His signs in the world that desperately needs it. We have to be able to love as Christ loves. And the only way that we can love as Christ loves is for us to be detached, not in a I don't feel kind of detachment, but rather in a Lord doesn't matter if I'm sick or if I'm well. Lord doesn't matter if I'm rich or I'm poor. Lord, it doesn't matter if it's sunny or it's raining. Lord, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that I am able to be a witness and share the good news. And what is the good news? That Jesus is crucified and rose from the dead because he loved us so that we too can have eternal life. Darkness, sin, and death are no more. How get used to different can you get? And that's what the Lenten season invites us into. It invites us to go ever deeper into this mystery so that we can proclaim it from the hilltops, so that we can proclaim it just by our very lies. And we do this, we become, we do this more and more by loving as Christ loves. We do this so that we are signs of his love and mercy so others can encounter his love and mercy so that together we can be transformed and together we can live for all eternity bound in love 
with love, by love. We were created for holiness, for transforming union with God. We were created for that. This is what God created us for. He created us to be the particular saint that he created us to be. I'm going to be a different saint than you are. And each and every person in and around your life are created to be saints that God created them to be. We're not all supposed to be St. Catherine's and St. Francis's of Assisi's. And, you know, we're not supposed to be other saints. We're supposed to be us. We are supposed to embrace that difference, a unique and unrepeatable sign of who we are of God's love and mercy in the world. We are supposed to embrace it and we're supposed to embody it. How? By loving as Christ loves, by accepting the crosses that come. And as we offer these crosses up, people can see that they bring meaning, not just to our lives, but to the lives of others. Anytime that we say yes, to those things that we do not like, we did not choose, we cannot change, and we don't understand, and we trust that God is working, we are a sign that sin, darkness, and death don't have the last word. We are a sign that there is hope. We are a sign that to have faith means to live in love, with love and through love. That is our call. And that's the power of the cross. And that's the essence of what we're about during Lent. So how will you say yes this Lent? So what might be some resolutions that you could take from our conversation today? Well, one of the first is to really seek to make Lenten resolutions of prayer and fasting and almsgiving that are going to really challenge you to go deep and to really rely upon God in order to fulfill them. And this is so very important for us to be attentive to. So as you're thinking about those resolutions, give thought to what are the things that almost frighten me? What are those things where it's like maybe going to Stations of the Cross um, throughout Lent and having to set aside that Friday night, every Friday night going? Uh, to Stations of the Cross. Maybe you're like, I see no way that I can do that. But maybe our Lord is asking you to go and to strive to do that. And don't worry about how you might put it, pull it off, but rather make that resolution and then just start with the first. Another uh, resolution would be to, for example, <clears throat> going and being attentive to having conversation with God throughout the day, uh, just as St. Paul of the Cross was asking of us to speak to him and speak to God often while doing your work, maybe you make that a resolution that each day as you go about a particular task that you're going to, while you do that task, you're going to be speaking with God about what's going on in your life. So those are just a couple, but the real 
focus is upon making resolutions that are going to help you really set aside whatever it is that is getting in the way of you being able to enter more deeply into that relationship with God, anything that is preventing you from being able to truly say yes to the invitation that this holy season presents to you. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes. Or you can visit my website at sayyestoholiness.com or send me an email at christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we've begun here today. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation with you again soon. God bless.